Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Thank the Lord for that resurrection story. That's, that's what our focus is today, that he's alive so that we could have our own stories, our own resurrection story. Amen. Would you please stand with me, please, today? We're going to bring the word of the Lord. I want to help somebody today. I want to help you with your resurrection story. Amen. I'm going to begin with two passages of scriptures. Uh, first of all, from John chapter 1, and then from Luke chapter 22. Beginning with John chapter 1, verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus. When Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas which is by interpretation, a stone. Luke chapter 22. Jesus speaking to the same man said these words. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I want to talk to you today about Simon Peter, a resurrection story. Simon Peter, a resurrection story. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for what we have heard and felt. Thank you, Lord, for the worship, God, your presence, God, being here. Thank you, Lord, for using the choir today to minister to us and these videos that have reminded us that every one of us can have our own resurrection story. And I appreciate, Lord, this house today, this church. God, would you help me deliver this message that encourages someone, strengthens someone, and brings someone to their resurrection story. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. As I said, I want to help somebody today. I'm here to tell you, first off, God loves people. God loves people. He loves people so much that he robed himself in flesh, lived among men to be our example, and as a man gave his life for every other man, woman, boy, and girl. Jesus then sealed the ransom price of redemption When he rose from the grave. Because he lives, people can now truly live. All people, 
all races, all nations, all creeds, color. Because he's alive, we can truly be alive in him. Because of his resurrection, we can experience our own resurrection and ultimately the resurrection of the, from the dead. The Word of the Lord presents to us stories of real people. I'm glad that this book is not written with sugar-coated stories of everybody's got it together. Aren't you glad for that? Because we're people and people don't have everything together. But it tells stories with real people that had real problems and real issues. Many of them found redemption through the power of God's love and His plan for salvation. There's story after story of how God delivered murderers, how God redeemed alcoholics, adulterers, cheats, and liars, homosexuals. God has changed lives then, 2,000 years ago, and has continued to do that still today. The gospel of the kingdom is about resurrection stories. It is about taking something that is dead and making it alive. It is about changing lives. Among these stories of grace and redemption stands a rough, tough, gruff, fickled fisherman by the name of Simon. Simon was raised in an obscure village of Bethsaida. It's just simply a, a, a place that's spotted with meager homes. Run-of-the-mill fishermen lived there on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. No marble palaces in this place. No beautiful edifices in this place. That's down the road in a town called Capernaum. Capernaum is where the big-shot Romans would go and build them beautiful, elite homes. Bethsaida would be considered what we would call today the other side of the track. You know, back there where, you know, that's, that's those folks. Amen. We find that Simon and Andrew, his brother, were evidently partners in a fishing business. Fishermen from Galilee were known at that time to be tough, gruff, unkept, vile men, shabbily dressed, often known to have vulgar tongues, truly sailor tongues. You find that fishermen, uh, 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 they had to be physically fit because their job was demanding uh, physical strength. Vigor then was a necessary trait. They would have to be somewhat fearless because they would deal with fierce storms because the Sea of Galilee is known that a storm could come up like a, a Texas thunderstorm in a matter of moments and, and they had to be fit and fearless. Amen. Uh, when you see this, this kind of group uh, and, and they're in, in this business of fishing, of fishing, it reminds me of working in construction. I've seen some pretty rough, gruff, Tough, vulgar men in construction. One man that I work with had Satan tattooed back here and the devil tattooed right here. 
he had spent a long time in jail, and man, he was, he was a big man, and, 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 and you talk about cuss words, I had never heard such stuff in all my life until I started working in construction, and, and one day, me and another man was on a ladder, and and, uh, and he was just cussing up a blue streak, and he turned around and looked at me, and he said, well, I better quit cussing because the preacher's getting on to me. And I not said a word to him. Fishing made Simon's muscles thick, but his personality made his mind even thicker. Strong, passionate, impulsive, self-asserting, and, and, and he loved to talk. He was very verbal, outgoing. No one would pick him to be a leader of anything than a, a band of fishermen. Surely not the leader of a movement that would change the world. No one could see that coming. Fishermen from Bethsaida should not be in that category. As a Hebrew, he would be raised up as a child to go to school and had to learn uh, uh, the Torah, had to learn uh, uh, the first five books of the Bible, and, and, and he would stay in school in very intensive training. And at the age of 13, thereabout, whenever we, we hear the word bar mitzvah, that, that a young uh, Young man would get to that age, he would reach the age of bar mitzvah, and his life was going to take either one direction or another. He was either going to be a student of a rabbi because he showed promise in school. He was going into religious training to sit under the teachers of the rabbis, or he'd go into a family trade. So evidently, old Simon didn't make the cut. So he became a tradesman being the fisherman. Amen. So he failed at being at rabbi school. So Simon was no Saul of Tarsus. He was no student of the top rabbis of his day. Sure, Simon went through the Jewish school as a child. Amen. But yet he, he did not make it. And perhaps he maybe have wanted to. I don't know. But he didn't make it. Simon, you're just a fisherman. That is all you're going to be. This is your story. Rough and rowdy fisherman. That is all you're going to be. So Simon, why don't you just lean into that and be what you are. Simon was undoubtedly an ardent Hebrew. He would have been very aware of his duties religiously. He would have paid his tithes. He would have attended the temple. He would have paid his dues. He would have known the scripture and no doubt attended the temple feast and the festivals. He was undoubtedly a national patriot. He would have wanted more, would want nothing more than the Messiah to come and reestablish the throne of David so that all the Hebrews could be free of Roman rule. Andrew, his brother, was a little religious guy as well because Andrew became a disciple of John the Baptist. So he would have been aware, uh, Simon would have, of this fiery prophet that called the, the, the people to repentance. I believe I can see Simon watching the message and maybe getting a little pleasure when he heard John call the Pharisees and the Sadducees a generation of vipers. Good job. All these religious hoi polloi people, a uh, uh, generation of vipers. Perhaps it was at this moment that Peter may have felt his first prick of conviction. 
at the preaching of the baptizing prophet. You see, John the Baptist's mission was to introduce the king of the universe, the Messiah for whom they waited of all ages. Everything changed the day that John baptized Jesus in the water. Everything. If you read the story, you will find the very next day, John points at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Two of John's disciples, when they heard that, left following John and went and followed Jesus. And one of them was Andrew, Simon's brother. Amen. He left him. In John chapter 1 and verse 41 it says, He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Hey, Simon, I have found him for whom we have studied, for whom we have heard. He's here. The one that we long to see is here. The very next verse, the Bible said he brought him to Jesus. Somebody say, that's a good idea. And when Jesus beheld him, speaking of Simon, he said... Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. We know that, Peter, that Simon would later be called Peter. We understand that. But Cephas, here's what you've got to know, is that Cephas is the Aramaic name as Peter is the Greek name. They both mean the same thing. He said, I'm calling you a stone. You are Simon, but I call you a stone. It's not by accident that the Lord picks names and calls people's name. There's a purpose for this. I believe that Jesus saw in Simon something that Simon couldn't see himself. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to know that I call you a stone. I want, to, I want to say to someone sitting in this building today is that the Lord looks at you right now and calls you something that you may feel like that you are not. Calls you something that you may feel like that you can never attain to. Oh, Simon. Simon is a complex character. He was in one moment a man of bold faith. When he began to follow Jesus... He would be bold in his faith, and the next moment you'll find him sinking. He would be up one day, incredibly up, and then incredibly down. Simon was brash, and his mouth was usually getting him in trouble. Now, I want you to know that as I was studying this lesson, this message, I began to put myself in Simon's place. And I can't say that I have got all of his qualities, but I found a lot of his qualities in me. Will you do the same? See if you got any of these qualities. You know, that hoof and mouth disease. Simon was brash and his mouth was getting him in trouble. He was impulsive and his actions would get him impulsive. And he'd have great highs and then great lows. Jesus chose Peter and his brother Andrew as the very first Apostles, when you begin to search the scripture, you will find the disciples listed four times. And every one of those times, 
Simon Peter's name is the first. He is prominent. He's going to be a prominent leader. And the Lord said, I see something in you, Simon. Amen. So I'm going to call you Cephas. I'm going to call you a stone. I'm going to call you solid. I'm going to call you sure. I'm going to call you faithful. And he was nothing like that. He was up and down. He was happy and sad. He was a failure and he was a success. He was a success and he was a failure. Even after he became a disciple of Jesus, you will find that, that, that he is at the feeding of 5,000. Amen. And, and so the Lord says, let's go to the other side. And you know the story. Get in the boat. The disciples go on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus goes to a mountain to pray. And one of those storms comes up. And so they're in that boat. And it's rocking and rolling. And the waves are tossing to them. And it looks like they're about to go under. The boats were only about 20 to 30 feet long. And, and, and so they're, they're about to go under. And they look and they see. It's in the middle of the night. It's about 3 o'clock in the morning. First of all, who goes at 3 o'clock in the morning in a boat to cross the sea? Someone that Jesus told you to do. Okay, you just watched him feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. He said to go to the other side. We're going to go to the other side. But something transpires. A storm comes. And so here comes Jesus walking on the water. You remember that? Jesus walks on the water. And what does Peter do? What does Simon do? He's, they're all afraid. They're frightened. And Jesus says, be not afraid. It is I. And, and, and oh, Simon, we, we, we like his brashness and his boldness. And, and he says, if it's you, bid me come to you. Remember that story? And so what does he do? He, he doesn't do like a lot of us. You know, we want to we go to the stairs of the pool and just tiptoe our way in. Oh, Simon just bails out over that top of that boat and begins to walk on the water. Woo! Man, we like preaching to that. But here's Simon walking on the water one moment, and the next moment he's sinking. That is a microcosm of Simon's life. He's victorious, and then he's a failure. He's victorious, and he's a failure. He's brash and bold, and then he is losing the fight. He's walking on water, and then he's sinking. I want to show you a story about Simon Peter that's so powerful. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Hallelujah. Y'all okay if I tell a story today? The Bible says, <clears throat> when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, that's way up north, he asked, him, asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But whom say ye that I am? Notice this. Who spoke up first? Oh, Simon. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Blessed art thou. You blessed, buddy. You are blessed because flesh and blood have not revealed to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. You've been listening to the Father. You've been listening to the Lord. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, Simon. 
You're a rock. You're a, you're a rock. Hallelujah. And, and upon this rock, now, and I, we can get into a deep study here. There's a lot of people that believe that Peter was the first pope. Baloney, because Peter here is rock, amen, that is Petros, and then the other rock upon this rock is Petra, which means a huge mountain rock, amen. Peter, you're a rock, but the revelation is a, a, a huge mountain. Upon this revelation, I will build my church, hallelujah, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, Simon, you did a great job. I call you Peter. I call you stable. I call you dependable. Amen. But he was nothing like that. I'll show you why. I'll show you why. This is, this is Simon. He is, he's, he's, he's getting it right. He's got the answer. He's right. And just a few verses later that, that Jesus begins to talk to them and, and he begins to tell them in verse 21. He says, I want to tell you that I've got to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to suffer from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. They're going to kill me. Thou art the Christ. Okay, let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to kill me. And the third day, I'm going to rise again. And the third day, I'm going to rise again. And then Peter took the Lord aside. The one that he just called stable. The one he just called faithful. Dependable, solid, takes the Lord aside and is going to set the Lord straight. Here's what he did. He said, not so, Lord. Not so. Far be it from you, Lord. This will never happen to you. And this is what the Lord did. When, he, when Peter said that, he turned around him and he said, get behind me, Satan. Three verses later, three, three verses ahead of this, he's calling him a rock, dependable, faithful, stable. And three or four verses later, he's calling him Satan. Anybody ever felt like that's your life? I'm up, I'm down, I'm up. I go to church on Sunday and I'm shouting about Monday. I don't even know if I'm saved. I, I, I'm trying to live my life. I had this happen and that happen. I messed up here. I, I failed here. I failed there. And, and can you imagine? This is the revelation guy that the Father speaks to. And now Jesus is looking at him and saying, Get behind me, Satan. What is it about you, Simon? Simon, you, get, you just get in your own way sometimes. Fail. After resurrection, after revelation, failure. Unstable, Simon. That's who you are. And then the Lord says to Simon, he says in, in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, we pick up the reading here. The Lord says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail thee not. When thou art converted, you're going to get straight, Simon. Amen. I know I just called you Satan. I know that that's, that's what you're doing because you're going against what what the will of God is. You're wanting your own way. I'm telling you, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Amen. And so he says, Satan desires to have you. Oh, and from this point, they head to the Mount of Olives to pray. Peter falls asleep with the rest of the disciples. He's already told them, I'm going to be delivered up. 
Judas has already left. I'm going to be delivered up. I'm going to die. And yet they fall asleep. What's wrong with you, Pete? Can't you see the times? And all of a sudden, soldiers begin to arrive, and people are, then they're starting to come alive and waking up. And here is Judas as he kisses the Lord on the cheek. And you know what the disciples said? The disciples asked the Lord this Lord, should we stick them with the sword? Lord, should we get the swords out? And should we take care of them? And before Jesus, read it in Luke's recording, amen, before Jesus could even answer them, oh, Simon's pulled out his sword. Here's a fisherman. Can I just tell you that some people don't need to be swinging swords. Yes, some people don't need to be pulling out guns. There's some people, and here's a brash, bold, hot-headed, vulgar-mouthed man that says, I'll take care of it. Which are you today? Are you Peter or are you Simon? Which are you today? Are you Peter or are you Satan? You are up and down. What are you doing? He says, I'll take care of this. And he pulls out a sword and there's a servant of the high priest. And he, this is how good he was. He swung for his neck. And he got his ear. Go Fishing, don't go swinging a sword. You don't need to be doing. He cuts off his ear, and, and, and you know what Jesus does? He reaches down, puts it, picks it up, and puts it back on, and the man's ear is healed. I don't know about the rest of everybody. If I was a soldier right there that's arresting Jesus, I'd say, "See y'all, I'm leaving this place." If he can do that, what can he undo? Simon, Simon, put your sword away. Put your sword away. Then Jesus said, if you go back to Luke chapter 22 and verse 33. He said unto the Lord, after, after the Lord said, I am going to be killed. The Lord, the Lord said, he said unto the Lord, I'm ready to go with you. I'm ready to go with you even to prison. <laughs> I'm ready. Brash. Bold. I am ready. I'll even die for you, Lord. I'll die for you, Lord. And he says to Simon, he says, The cock shall crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that you know me. I'll die for you. What's the next thing we find to do is that Peter's following now as they're arresting Jesus and he's seeing all this, he follows at a distance. The same one that said, I'll die for you and go to prison for you is following at his distance. And in the night, he's warming his hand in the courtyard and, and a servant girl, a, a maiden comes and sees him as he sat in the light and, and looked at him closely and began to gaze at him until finally she said, I know who you are. No, you don't. I know who you are. Uh oh, you don't know me. Yeah, you, you hung out with Jesus. He said, no, I did not. Jesus picked this guy to lead the movement. He denied it. He said, woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you're one of them. You're one of the way. You're one of the disciples. And he said, man, I am not. I am not that. And after an interval of about an hour, after that last statement, uh, 
Amen. There was those that were saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. He too is a backwoods nobody. Look at him. He's just a fisherman. Look at him. And Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. I wonder what that did to Peter. I wonder what that did to him when he said, I know now I've, ad- I've denied you. The rooster has crowed. I've denied you. I have denied you just like you said I would. I said I'd die for you. I'm a failure. I'm a flop. I've done this. I want to talk to somebody today that you feel like you're a failure, that your life is nothing but ruin, of ruin and mess and horrible. Let me say this. You're in good company because Peter was such a man. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. And the Bible said he left, Peter did, and began to weep bitterly. I'm a failure. I'm a flop. I'm a failure. I'm a flop. I mess up. I walk on water, then I sink. I, 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 I declare him to be the Christ. And the next thing I know, I, I'm causing him to call me Satan. I, 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 I'm just up and down. I'm wishy-washy. I give up. I quit. I give up. I quit. I'm not going to try this disciple business anymore. I failed from the time I was a child. I couldn't cut it in rabbi school. I'm a failure. I'm a flop. Amen. But I want to tell you, I've got a resurrection story. Story for you, Simon Peter. I've got a resurrection f- story for you. Are you ready for it? Mark 16 and verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, and it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrightened. And he said unto them, Be not affrightened. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But he's not here. But you go your way. I want you to look at this very carefully. But you go your way and tell his disciples and Peter. The angels of glory had the word from heaven. Go tell the disciples. Isn't Peter a disciple? Why didn't they just say go tell the disciples? It would have included Peter because you see the Lord understood that Peter was at a place where he felt like I'm a failure. I'm a flop. I can't make it. I'll never do this again. I quit. I throw that. I'll never serve the Lord. I'll never be right with God. So I'm going to go and run. And so the Lord made sure 
that when you tell the resurrection story, you go to the disciples and you go to Peter. You go find Peter. Make sure that he knows. <clears throat> and the Bible said in verse 8, And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said anything to any man, for they were afraid. Oh, let me just tell you that from a resurrected tomb, the Lord began to talk to, to, the, to his disciples for several days. And then he said, go into the upper room. Peter went with them to the upper room. Peter came with them into the upper room. And the Holy Ghost fell. Oh, in Acts chapter 2, it fell upon uh, Simon Peter. And I want to pick up a story that in Acts chapter 4 is Peter's resurrection story. And when they had set them in the midst, Acts 4 and 7, when they said, now, here's the backdrop. They had the day of Pentecost, spoken tongues. 3,000 were saved. In chapter 4, John and Peter are on their way to church to pray. And a lame man is there, and they heal him. And the lame man starts walking and leaping and praising God. And the, and the folks got upset about it, the religious folks. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked by what power or by what name have you done this? Then look at this. Look at this. The same guy that's fickle, the same guy that's brash, the same guy that has foot and mouth disease. He says this. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost, Peter filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all. The same guy that denied this Lord three times is now saying, I want everybody to hear me. I want everybody to know. And to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you hold. This is the stone which was set in naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. <laughs> neither is there salvation, neither is there salvation in any other. The man that would sink, the man that would try to cut off another man's ear, the man that was constantly up and down, in and out, up and down, is now standing up and saying confidently, there is salvation in no other. I want you to know that Jesus saves. I want you to know that Jesus saved me. This is my resurrection story. In verse 13, he says, And when they saw the boldness of Peter, you know what God does with brash people? He fills them with the Holy Ghost and gives them lion-like boldness. This man that was wishy-washy up and down now is truly solid. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's unmovable. He's dependable. Amen. When you have a resurrection story, let me just tell you, your life will be different. Your life will be changed. Ah, praise be to God. Amen. They saw the bonus of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. You know, from the other side of Bethsaida, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, 
I add this, leaping, jumping up and down, standing with them. They could say nothing against it. But when they commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred them among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle hath been done by them. It's manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. What is he saying? What are they saying? I said it's hard to argue with a lame man that's now jumping up and down. It's hard to argue with a a Bethsaida fisherman that was once a wishy-washy up and down disciple that's now Holy Ghost filled by the power of God and is now moved by the power of the Spirit of the Lord. They could say nothing against it. Verse 15, but when they had commanded them to go Aside of the council, they confirmed the most, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle hath been done by them, as manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that they spread it no further among the people. Let us strain, straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Now, the guy that denied Jesus just by handmaiden's word, And two unknown men denied the Lord. They called them and commanded them, verse 19, not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you judge. Do you know how strong and powerful that phrase is? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. The same man that was denying, that was conniving, that was getting his his mouth was getting him in trouble became the preacher of Pentecost after his resurrection story. Stood before the council after his resurrection story. You say, I can't live for the Lord. I just can't do it. I can't make it. It's too hard. It's too this. I'm too bad of a failure. Can I tell you about Simon Peter? Simon Peter would not be on many church board today. Simon Peter would not have been picked to be an usher today. Simon Peter would not have been picked sure enough to be a preacher today. But Jesus looked past who he thought he was and the surface. And he said, hello, Simon. I call you Cephas. Now now stop and think about this for a minute. He had not said that he's the Christ yet. He had not said that. That, that I'll follow you until death yet. He had not done his mistakes. He hadn't sunk yet. He hadn't, hadn't messed up yet. He hadn't denied. And yet the Lord looked at him and he said, I call you stone. I call you solid. I call you faithful. It's going to take a conversion for you to live up to that name. Stand with me, please. My resurrection story is, I was like Peter. 
I had my own personality issues. I had my own struggles. I had my own issues. But after I met the Lord, after I was filled with His Spirit, all of a sudden, what was my constant failures became my keys, the boldness, the brashness, whatever that is that's in your life. Let the Lord change you today. Let the Lord change you. Can I just tell you, stop trying to be an apostolic. Stop trying to go and be a church goer. But become a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Follow after Him. And then He'll open up for you to be a church goer. And all these other things. But we a lot of times feel like, well, if, I, if I'm a believer, then I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And i got, no, 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 no. Do you realize that one of the women that came to anoint his body was a prostitute at one time? Paul said, we got a bunch of folks in the church that were messed up. We've got murderers, we've got adulterers, we've got fornicators, we've got, we've got uh, homosexuals, we've got liars and idolaters, and we've got all this in the church. But such were some of you. Such were some. How did that were happen? Because of a resurrection story. Heavenly Father, I pray today, God, that this, this word, oh God, you've laid upon my heart for this day would touch somebody and say, it's, you're not too bad. Lord, you don't call him a failure. You may fail, but Lord, we're, we're not a failure. God, Jesus, you bring us and pick us back up. We make mistakes, but we're not a mistake. Thank you, Lord, today for loving us. Thank you, Lord, today for loving us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is Jesus seeing in you today? It's not a failure. It's not that you'll never make it back. No, sir. You can have your own resurrection story. Have you seen the videos? Did you see the videos? Did you see the ones that were were telling their transparent story? This is what I was. This is what I was. But thanks be to God. He's changed me. Lord, I love you today. Can you just lift up your voice and begin to pray right where you are? Pray right where you are. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.